we have to recruit candidates for every level of office. It doesn't matter how small, if it's a a rural county commission or a school board in a small town you've never heard of. I think that there's so much potential. There's so much talent there. There's so much passion. These are individuals who really want to make their communities better. Hello, this is the Great Battlefield Podcast. I'm Nathaniel G. Perlman. A great political battle is being fought right now between progressives and the forces of reaction on the other side. This show is about the political entrepreneurs and other progressive leaders who are finding new or improved ways to fight. My guest today, Giovanna Salucci, is a graphic designer who moved into politics first as a field organizer with the 2016 presidential campaign, and then helped the Florida Democratic Party and For Our Future with her digital expertise. She is now building a product, a WordPress-based dashboard and platform for campaign websites, aimed at the long tail of Democratic political campaigns and their allied organizations. Her firm, started with a partner who specializes in audience development, is called Change Digital. Gio and I had a good conversation about why she felt there was a gap in the campaign tech market and how she's seeking to fill it. You should listen. So after a quick word from our sponsor, my interview with Giovanna Salucci and Change Digital. Check out the large, detailed, and high-quality political data graphic posters from TimePlots. Our visual history of the American presidency, for example, lets you see the Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump presidencies in full context. TimePlots Library includes visual histories of the United States House, the United States Senate, the Supreme Court, and the Democratic and Republican parties. Find them all at www.timeplots.com. Use the code BATTLEFIELD for a discount. Giovanna, would you mind introducing yourself and giving me a quick biography? Absolutely. My name is Giovanna Salucci. Most people call me Gio. I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. I'm a graphic designer by trade, and I worked in both tech and politics as both an organizer and a digital practitioner. I recently co-founded Change Digital, a platform to help down-ballot Dems run effective digital programs, and ultimately to help build an ongoing bench of local Democratic leaders across the United States. So a pretty strong background for doing that. What kind of family? Yeah, um, I grew up, my mother was a public school teacher turned administrator. My father moved from Italy when he was 18, um, came to the United States when he was 31, learned English, became a computer programmer, um, and then worked at Knight Ritter, AT&T, things like that. We were always a democratic household, um, never too politically active, but always active at the dinner table <laughs> in conversations. I know that you went to Pratt, a design school, and that's a very fine school. What led you to go down that road? I was trying to figure out where to apply to colleges. All my friends were looking at state schools. Nothing really um, seemed to catch my eye or my interest. I had an art class in high school that I loved 
I had a teacher that was um, so encouraging and he sat me down one day and basically told me that I didn't fit in, um, (laughs) which I knew was a compliment coming from him. And he told me that I should go to art school. It was something I never considered. You know, I think my mom was a little surprised at first. I think her idea for her kids were always to like get master's degree. She's got a doctorate degree and like be more academic, but they were super supportive. I almost didn't think twice about it. I kind of just jumped in. We started working on my portfolio. Um, I was lucky enough to somehow get into Pratt, which is one of the the best art schools in the country, um, or at least it was then. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I kind of just dove in. What's the course of study that you embarked on? So I entered Pratt thinking that I would major in advertising. Um, they had an advertising major, one of the only art schools um, with an advertising major. I quickly learned that it wasn't like what I enjoyed. I really enjoyed using my hands. So I quickly changed to graphic design. And that to me was a lot more about storytelling in a way that was less obvious than advertising was. And yeah, so I was a graphic design major. Yeah. Um, and so what what sort of things does one learn as a graphic design major? What sort of courses? What sort of concepts? So Pratt has a really great program for first years freshmen. Every freshman goes through their their art prerequisites. It's a foundation year. Um, so I jumped right in. I was taking drawing classes, color theory classes three-dimensional study classes, all kinds of like foundational art, which I really appreciated because it wasn't my background. I had decided to to go to art school. Um, and three months later, that's what I was doing. So I didn't have that foundation. So that was really great from Pratt. Moving into our majors, we got to be a little bit more thoughtful about what classes we sort of took. I was in a major with um, illustration majors as well as the advertising. So we kind of got to take all of the classes that we thought could kind of create the designer that we wanted to be. Um, Little did I know, I really had my heart set on being a book designer or designing wine bottle labels, but (laughs) that is not the direction I went after after school. What was the direction you went after school? To be honest, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew for certain I didn't want to go into advertising, um, which a lot of the graphic design majors still did because it was like a way to be kind of an art school student or art school kid, but with a career path. So I moved back to, to Miami. I decided that I wanted to go on a trip to Southeast Asia by myself. So I was had the extreme privilege of being able to move in back in with my parents. I worked at the school system, the Miami-Dade County Public School System, as a graphic designer, and then I worked two um, night jobs. And then I spent 11 months in Southeast Asia, um, so nothing related to my career, um, but that was more about my own personal discovery. I've always been a very um, introverted person, so it definitely gave me the push I needed to be a more extroverted person, though I'm not an extroverted person today. (laughs) Well, what was it about Southeast Asia that, what was the pull there? Why did you want to go? 
You know, my parents met when they were traveling. They met in Munich. They didn't speak the same language, but they spoke the language of travel is what they always told me, which is very corny. But we always say that they kind of cursed us with this like desire to, to travel. So it, I guess it's kind of I inherited it a little bit. But I had the the urge just to like do something by myself. Again, like being an introverted person, it terrified me to to go across the world by myself. But I knew that I had to for myself. Um, and I had, again, the extreme privilege to be able to do so. What was the place that you went to that moved you the most? I would say Myanmar. I mean, everywhere was incredible. But I think Myanmar, I had the most personal connections with, you know, it's really sad to look at what's going on now. I have some friends still there. And when they get internet, they are, you know, they'd love to come to the United States. It is a beautiful place with a beautiful people. I mean, the most friendliest people I've ever met, you know, incredible food, just so hospitable. I don't know if I can explain exactly, but Myanmar has a a place in my heart forever and I really hope that they can move forward from whatever it is going on there, unfortunately. The, the military takeover. Yeah. Yes. I think the thing there that really moved me to was that I was starting to hang out in these little tea shops. And when I would meet someone who spoke English, they really wanted to practice their English. I met a lot of students and they were really interested in talking about politics The biggest takeaway I got from Southeast Asia was that Obama was insanely popular. I would say I was from the United States and the first response was Obama. But when I was in Myanmar, they really wanted to talk about politics, mostly because it's something that they're not allowed to do or they weren't allowed to do for so long. I'm struggling over here thinking that the United States isn't like progressive enough, isn't um, being the leader I think it needs to be. And they're just in awe of our country and our, our rights. And, um, so that really stuck with me. I think you came back and it looks to me like you worked for a rocker for a while, for quite a while. Tell me about that phase of your life. Yeah, I worked, um, for rocker labs. They've changed quite a bit now. Um, but they were a a company co-builder an incubator, um, a sort of incubator and accelerator fusion, I dealt with a lot of entrepreneurs who came to Rocker with ideas. I was part of what was then called the Think Team, and (laughs) we thought about their idea a lot. Um, So we would basically, it was a four to six week program. We would break their idea down and try to build it back up into a go-to-market strategy um, with a product that they could actually build. And so I was all of the sudden working with engineers and developers and and strategists and entrepreneurs. Um, and I learned in so much from my time at Rocker. I knew that I wanted to build my own company. I didn't at that time know what, but it definitely gave me the the foundation I needed to to build on the the rest of my career. What did you learn about entrepreneurship during that time? I think my biggest takeaway would be that the idea or the problem that someone thinks that they're solving 
or that they've got this solution to this problem. Most of the time, they're not talking to the people with the actual problems. And so they've created this solution in a vacuum um, that makes so much sense to them, uh, but doesn't actually meet the needs of the people they're trying to solve the problem for. So I definitely learned the value of human-centered design. It was definitely like a um, a trend at that point. Um, human-centered design was becoming um, like the, I guess, design process, tech process. Yeah, I think I, I learned the most that you got to really listen to the users. If you're not listening to the people that are using your product, you're building a product for yourself um, and it's not really going to be successful. Why did you leave to go to the Clinton campaign right before the election and work as a field organizer for a while? I was sitting at my desk at Rocker, completely obsessed with this election. I had been a Hillary Clinton fan. She was my first vote ever in the 2008 primary. You know, my mom kind of looks like Hillary Clinton. I really wanted to see Hillary Clinton elected. I was donating, you know, a good portion of my salary every day as I was watching, as I was trying to do my work and watching what was going on. And then my roommate met an organizer working in Miami. She recruited me. I started working, um, volunteering every day after work, all day, Saturday and Sunday. And then they basically asked me to, to quit my job and join because they needed organizers. So I took the leap. I knew that I wasn't going to be happy if I stayed at Rocker. I decided to quit my job and I, yeah, I became a field organizer in Miami. What did you learn from that? I learned that field organizing is one of the hardest, most thankless jobs that there is. It's I held off from becoming a field organizer for so long because honestly of the pay, um, I was flabbergasted at what folks were making. Um, didn't see how it, how I could like continue to pay my bills on that salary. Um, fortunately graphic design is a trade that lends itself really easy to freelancing. So if needed, I could always pick up a freelance gig, but you know, I learned that, the organizers are the heart of the campaign. They are the ones talking to the voters. I think my biggest takeaway from organizing is that you've got all of these really passionate, a lot of the times kids doing this work with no real professional development. And while they're on the front lines, they're doing some of the most important work. We're not investing in them. I knew that after being an organizer, that the space needed people like me who never maybe considered working for politics because it wasn't how they were going to pay their student loans off or things like that. But I think we've really got to invest in our organizers. They become the the next leaders. Um, and if we're not investing enough, if we're not developing them professionally, then we're tying our hands behind our back for the future. Did you receive Hillary's defeat as painfully as the rest of us? Oh, I was devastated. 
I was one of those people who really thought we were going to win. I was doing my damnedest to try to make it happen, but I really, I was very surprised, I think. Um, I think I was naive at the time, um, but I was devastated. I spent, I think, two days in bed. My aunt had to eventually come over to my house and like make me get up and go outside. Um, but I knew that I wasn't going to go back to tech. I knew that I was going to stay in this space. It was definitely eye-opening, um, but it was absolutely devastating. How did you land at the Florida Democratic Party? I started to try to get involved locally with like the Miami-Dade Dems. I volunteered to be their communications chair because nobody was volunteering for the job. So I think that's how I met some folks at the the Florida Democratic Party. They were looking for, I think, a deputy digital director at the time. Um, I had never worked in the space, in the in the digital political space. But the thing about Florida is that the talent leaves when the donors leave. So it was a off cycle year. There wasn't a lot of, you know, people lining up to be the Florida Democrats digital director. So that's how I, I got involved in the local party and, you know, met some folks and kind of just talked my way into it, I think. Was it what you expected it to be? Um, no, <laughs> it was definitely wasn't what I expected it to be. And I think most folks expect the party work to be more about, you know, electing people. It's a lot of like party rules and bylaws and bureaucracy. So it definitely wasn't what I expected it to be. But I met some of the best humans in the world. I'm still friends with, um, you know, many of the folks I work with. I got my first experience with a local campaign. I worked on state senator Annette Tadeo's race, um, which was super exciting, something to look forward to after such devastating heartbreak uh, the year before. You know, we won a statewide race for the first time in, in a while, and it felt great. Why did you leave the party and what was next? I probably left the party because of the bureaucracy. I, I felt that I could maybe get more done somewhere else. I met some folks that were working at For Our Future Florida, which is a um, a joint C4 and PAC. They're in seven other states or six other states. They were essentially going to be, you know, Bill Nelson's field program. So I jumped right in. They were running a, a pretty great messaging program. Um, and so we, you know, we brought it online. We didn't win, but we we had Republicans using our talking points by the end of the cycle. So we we felt that like that was a bit of a win for us. I had interviewed Justin Myers, who was the CEO of For Our Future, and it sounded like a really well-funded, serious operation on the independent side. Pretty impressive. Yeah, it's absolutely serious, um, and it's so needed. It's infrastructure, year-round infrastructure that you don't necessarily get always with the party. Although I will say the the party is um, definitely changing that. The work for our future does in all of its um, in all of the battleground states is like really really important. So I would agree with that. You were freelancing some on the side through all this. Yeah, always freelancing picking up little things from just like friends and family that I knew or projects that seemed interesting. Um, 
I'm a kind of a, a saver. I think that's something that my mother um, instilled in me. So, Did you work on any podcast websites r- related to the podcast you're on right now during that time? I did. I actually had the um, extreme pleasure of working on the Great Battlefield podcast website. The new one, the one at greatbattlefield.com. You started something called Do All the Digital at the beginning of a year ago. What was that? It was basically my freelance business that I named and tried to make a little bit more important. Um, but it was the name is definitely inspired by, you know, Do All the Good. I've got that tattooed on my body. Hillary Clinton forever changed <laughs> my, my life, really. Um, but that was really just a, me trying to professionalize my freelance business. So now we come to your current startup, which I think you called Change Digital. Yes. Is that right? What's yeah. the story there? What's the founding story of Change Digital and where is it? So Change Digital, I founded um, with a, a colleague of mine on the, the Yang campaign. Well, maybe you should say something about how you ended up on a Yang campaign because you haven't said anything about that. Sure. Um, so... Shortly after moving to New York to move in with my girlfriend, I, you know, I was looking for, for jobs. Uh, a former colleague from For Future started working at the Yang campaign, um, and he asked me if I wanted to get involved. I was looking for work, so I said yes. I knew it was going to be a learning experience. Um, I knew that I would meet uh, really talented people. I knew that the team he was building um, would be great. And um, I was not wrong. I think after um, the campaign, I had realized that websites and like web design was something that I really enjoyed and I wanted to do more of. Um, and I really wanted to work with local candidates. I was looking at, you know, candidates' websites and you know, unfortunately, I wasn't looking at the most appealing things or the best designed things. So I really, I wanted to see if there was a way that I could start building websites for local campaigns. Um, and that's, I started talking to um, my partner, Patricia, about that. We quickly realized that part of it was never going to be like something that I could sustain myself on. These campaigns don't have the kind of money that larger campaigns have or the uh, small businesses have and building a custom website from scratch isn't, isn't the easiest thing. Um, so we knew that we needed to do it at scale and my partner, Patricia knew that it couldn't just be a website that we really needed to help campaigns run better digital programs. We kind of felt like digital gets put in this black box. I will say the the more of the platform, I think, Patricia had a hand in. Um, I was really focused on the websites. But once we started talking about the platform, and so that right now Change Digital um, is a platform that provides political campaigns with a professionally designed website, email and social templates to match, and an analytics dashboard that plugs all that data in. Patricia was really pivotal in like seeing the bigger vision of it. Um, and we knew that even within campaigns is like Yang's, all of the departments were siloed. They weren't always like 
looking at the same data. So even when we were on the campaign, you know, another colleague of ours built this dashboard that we got to look at every day and understand what was going on on so so I understood what was going on in social. I was leading the the email team. She understood what was happening on email. And so we were better able to like work with each other. That's the origin story of of change. Well, who who is Patricia, what's her full name and what is her background that made her a good partner for this? Her name is Patricia Nelson. She transitioned to politics um, just at the the Yang campaign. She, I think, similarly to me in 2016, was just watching what was going on. And and I think her specifically as a, a digital expert. So this is someone who ran the first um, text voting for American Idol. Um, She has worked in film and TV for all kinds of startups. Um, So she's just like a complete digital marketing expert and an audience development expert, to be exact. She was looking at um, the political space and kind of wondering like why folks weren't doing the kinds of things that the private sector were doing. And so that's, how, I think, how she kind of got involved in politics. So with Change Digital, are you both in this full time? Have you hired? What's the status of the staffing of this enterprise? Yeah, so we're, we're both in it. It is just the two of us. Um, we have some, some like part-time help, but we're really excited. We're, we're starting to grow. We are working on a longer-term product that is currently getting built you mentioned a longer term product. What are, what are you trying to build? For some context of, of what Change Digital is right now. So right now, all of our websites are built on WordPress. This was very intentional. Um, 40% of the web is built on WordPress, about 40%. We wanted to offer campaigns at this scale, like best in class products. So WordPress is one of those. Um, so right now we're we're working on a product that just makes it easier for us, basically, to to stand up a website and all of the things that go with it. It sounds like you're a lot of times the way you build a product is you build a consulting service around something, you build the tooling underneath that, and then you productize it over time and tune it so that it could be used not just by you with your expertise, but by someone who had less expertise. Right. Yeah, that is right. So right now, the product that we're building is there to make our lives easier and to make it easier for our candidates um, to manage their digital programs. During our pilot program, we worked with seven candidates um, and we were pretty much bootstrapping the whole thing. Um, so now we're, we're taking what we've learned during that pilot phase and we're, we're building it into the product so that someone can stand up a, a website in a few hours um, at this point. And so the product that we're building is just going to continue to bring that down and make it a more accessible product. Who have you uh, found for clients so far? Um, so our pilot program was focused in New York City in six of the New York City council races. And that's where we developed our um, templates from. And then so we've worked with some other New York City candidates. We've decided to move pretty slow. We're really focused on building the best product. So all of the sites are 
continuing to get improved on all of the templates. And so we're really excited to start partnering with, you know, some state parties with the amazing organizations that are recruiting candidates and things like that. What excites you about this course that you're on? A lot of times I've noticed in life that if you start climbing a ladder, you'll probably be able to get quite a few rungs up, but sometimes you may not pick the right ladder. What makes you think this is the thing that you want to be doing? I think that Florida has taught me that we can't continue with the status quo. Democrats cannot seed any race. We have to play in every legislative district. When you invest in local politics, it pays off. And that's why Republicans have been so successful in Florida. Marco Rubio started in the West Miami City Commission. Matt Gates started as a state rep. We have to recruit candidates for every level of office. It doesn't matter how small, if it's a, a rural county commission or a school board in a small town you've never heard of. I think that there is so much potential, even just from the candidates that I've worked with, um, you know, mostly in Florida, again, there's so much talent there. There's so much passion. These are individuals who really want to make their communities better, um, but it's not easy for them right now. You've got candidates in maybe two or three different boats. You've got the candidates who can self-finance or fundraise from their friends and family and, you know, hire a consultant or a digital firm um, and spend tens of thousands of dollars. But then you've got the candidates, they're working people and they've decided that they want to make a difference in their community, but they've got a grassroots fundraise. They've got to convince their like neighbors that they're the person who's going to fight for them. And so what makes me really excited is that we're lowering the barrier to entry. We want to make it easier for anyone to run for any office and do it well, do it professionally, and win it digital. Democrats have to be online and we have to be, um, we have to win online. So I think that's what excites me. Um, the prospect of electing the next you know, Democratic Marco Rubio so that we don't have to deal with the Marco Rubios and the the horrible Florida legislature that is just completely out of touch. So I've been working in the world of technology and politics for my career, which goes back, I guess, to late 80s. And I've seen over that time many website template products come, some stay, many go. What made you think that there was a gap that you're filling and what uh, is different that you're offering than things that already exist? Yeah, that's a great question. There are definitely um, folks in the space, you know, trying to solve the, the issue of the campaign website. From conversations that I've had and the, the folks that I've had the pleasure of working with, the problem that, that I see is that you've got folks who have the money to run their campaigns go immediately to agencies um, and to consultants who a lot of the time farm out some of this stuff. 
folks are left with sites that are, you know, are appealing to look at, but are really hard to edit. Um, they don't have full access. They're kind of left to rely on the agency, or you've got folks who are going to Wix or Squarespace um, because they can't afford a a website to be custom built for them. Um, and don't get me wrong, Wix and Squarespace are great, but they're built for e-commerce sites and, and portfolio sites, and they're not built for the specific goals that a campaign has. And so I think what makes us different, and to be honest, we're not super focused on our competitors. Um, again, we're not building a website builder. We don't want people to be reliant on change digital when they run for office. Everything is built to the best industry standard outside of politics. So again, WordPress, 40% of the internet is built on WordPress. Our email templates are coded. So they work in any email CRM. We're not trying to build an email CRM. There are so many incredible tools in this space, especially in the last few years that have popped up. Um, and we definitely want to work with as many people as, as we can. Our, our social templates are built in Canva so people can, can easily edit them. And I think that the biggest piece there and the piece that Patricia really cemented for me is that Change Digital is not just a website. It is a means to run an effective digital program. We're always going to, to be adding more, but we really want to help folks empower candidates and the people that are helping them run their campaigns to run their own digital programs. Agencies are great if you can afford them. Firms are great if you can afford them, but a lot of folks can't. And we don't think that that should mean that they don't get to run. Yes, there are definitely other folks in the space, but I think we're we're pretty focused on building a platform that helps folks run digital programs and not just a website builder. Tell me a little bit about how you think you fit into the progressive tech ecosystem. Because aside from people building websites or say email consultants or other digital media consultants, people helping you place ads and so on. There's also, as you sort of referenced, all kinds of tools that campaigns might use from contact management, CRM type software to distributed campaigning tools. How does what you do fit in and how might it tie to existing software products and other web products? I think where Change Digital fits in is kind of at the um, intersection of a lot of these tools. What we're trying to do is to help folks create a digital infrastructure from the get-go so that they can go on and raise money, they can go and recruit volunteers, and they can essentially win. We'd like to work with all of these different tools. Um, eventually, our dashboard, we'd like to plug in as many of these of the, the data that campaigns have. So that includes a lot of those tools. We want to work with as many folks as we can. We see Change Digital as not just being a platform for individuals, but perhaps in the future, it could be a platform that agencies work off of. We're really hoping to be an infrastructure for, for campaigns rather than a single tool that does one thing, if that makes sense. 
does. You earlier mentioned this notion of human-centered design. How does that play into how you're building out what you're building? When, when we've worked with these candidates, something that we're always doing is trying to figure out how they're operating. So, you know, what are the things that they need to be able to do? Um, so, you know, the first version of one of our templates, it, you know, maybe wasn't as easy to add an endorsement. So, you know, we were always like working with candidates to say, Hey, like, what is it that you feel that you need? Um, and so then we built in a, a tool that you just enter some information and your endorsement gets populated and you don't have to do anything else. Um, and so we're really hoping to, to collaborate with these candidates to build them the product that, you know, works best for them. We don't assume that we know what's the right thing for, for any one campaign. Every campaign is different. Every race is different. And so we're really hoping to standardize a lot of it and yeah, just help down ballot candidates run better digital programs. Whenever you start a company, uh, one of the questions that you get asked by people in the know is like, how are you going to scale this? What is your strategy for turning this from something where you can serve a small number of down-ballot campaigns to a large number in an efficient way and thereby, you know, create an enterprise of value and size? Yeah. And I think that I've always been trying to figure this out and is how we came to change digital. The product we're building is going to make it easier for us um, to turn around sites quicker and quicker. We don't think that the wheel needs to be reinvented or redesigned every time um, someone runs for office. So working off of our templates um, is really important for us. It's actually quite fun to see how a template can become someone else's when you add their, their brand, their colors, their fonts, their photos. The templatization is really important for us being able to, to reach that scale, but we are actively trying to make our platform more accessible. Um, so, you know, right now, um, our platform costs uh, a flat fee of $17.79 plus $50 a month. And we offer three month and six month payment plans um, because we understand that, you know, a campaign might not have all of that at once. They've got to fundraise um, and they need a site and, you know, uh, social profiles and, and um, an email program to fundraise. So we want to make that more accessible because we also understand that there are um, rural school board seats that their entire budget is $2,500. So our product doesn't necessarily fit in with them, but our goal is to include them. We're very focused on, on scale and making it so that no matter the size of your race or the budget, you can use change digital. What about from the side of the company? Will you seek to raise money to go faster? Will you want to just wholly bootstrap this off the sales of the the sites to the customers that you find? What's the plan there? N nothing is set in stone, but right now um, our goal is to bootstrap as much as we can. 
um, and to, to hold off on any kind of outside money. Although we're, we're not, again, we're not closed off to it. So who's your ideal client? Who do you wish maybe listening to this or finding out about you another way would come to you and take advantage of your services? My ideal ideal is a, you know, a, a local person who decided that they wanted to run for their city commission or their school board. Um, but I think we're really open to, to what our clients look like. We would love to work with organizations. Um, we'd love to work with organizations that are like recruiting candidates, um, nonprofit organizations. Our focus right now is is down ballot Dems, but we're definitely open to the space generally. One thing I've seen people do in the past is sort of sell a package of websites, maybe even linked ones, say to a state party. Like, can the state party of Alaska put every single one of their state house candidates up on your platform? Can there be shared features among all of those campaigns, maybe shared information from a central source so that they can shortcut some of that distribution of information. There's been ideas like that. There was a company in Orchid back in the day that that went, kind of came from the state party perspective. But you could imagine lots of aggregators, the Emily's Lists of the World or the For Our Futures, you know, from all of the players in the ecosystem might have an interest in finding a way to pull things together and do it in bulk. Yeah, I think that's absolutely, we would love to partner with state parties and, and organizations um, to offer um, seats of our product in, in bulk. That's when we will like be able to start to see the scale, but we should have more of an impact there. And there is a push in that direction, which is like super exciting. Um, for example, the Florida Democrats and I believe, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they had um, a Democrat running in every legislative district in Florida in 2020, which is just wild. <laughs> That's never, that hasn't happened um, in years. So we definitely see a space for us partnering with state parties, with the Emily's list of the world, the Ruth's list, the, the Annie's list. But we also don't want to lose sight of like the activist in Miami-Dade who wants to make a difference. So Giovanna, what else should we know about Change Digital that we haven't had a chance to talk about? The thing that I'd love for people to take away is that Change Digital really wants to lower the barrier of entry um, to folks running for, for local office. I'd really just love folks um, to know about Change Digital, to know that no matter what size your campaign is, you can have a campaign website that is beautiful, effective, and you can have a campaign that looks cohesive across your social and your email. Um, and then you can also understand all of the data that your that your campaign is is collecting, um, which is I think where the dashboard really becomes pivotal. There are so many campaigns that are just they're doing the work every day, but they're not always understanding or seeing the results. Um, and so I think that is something that um, makes Change Digital stand stand apart from the crowd. Like we want to demystify digital. Is there a question I didn't ask that I should have? I think you you 
got to everything. Um, I just want to say thank you. I think the the podcast was actually kind of a catalyst for me to to realize that I could um, pursue tech in this space. Um, so thank you for that. And um, if anyone is interested in Change Digital, they can find us at changedigital.us. You can book a demo. We'd love to work with you, whether you're a state party, a candidate, an organization. Um, get in touch. Thanks, Giovanna. Anything else you want to say? Nope, I think that's it. That was Giovanna Salucci. Gio is at changedigital.us. This is Nathaniel G. Perlman with the Great Battlefield Podcast. You can find us at greatbattlefield.com or by searching for Great Battlefield in places where podcasts are found.